This is A Fresh Agenda. Conversations to connect your productivity and creativity and generate your deepest work. Here's your host, Christina Mendonza. This is A Fresh Agenda, where we chat with innovators, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders. I'm Christina Mendonza. Welcome to this little spot in the digital universe. Glad to have you here for a while. This podcast is about having some deeper and more positive conversations on topics of creativity and motivation to explore how people create or build their businesses or innovate in their industries. And this is episode number 77. We're going to talk today to Suzanne Summers. Now, if you're a boomer or a Gen Xer, you know the name from Three's Company. That was the sitcom where she became wildly famous and then was famously fired when she dared to ask for a salary that began to approach her male co-star's salary. She reinvented herself first with a career in Vegas and then the Thigh Master, which was the first of many products that helped her build a business empire along act- alongside with acting and other singing jobs that she did. When I mentioned her name to my daughter, I didn't even think of this, but the first thing that my daughter thought of was step-by-step. That was the family show that Summers did with Patrick Duffy in the 90s, and she was pretty famous for that too. So these days, she's known for her health activism. She has just launched a new uh, organic skincare line. She is very encouraging in all aspects of health and including healthy sex as you age. So first, a little bit about January. This is the month. Are you doing it? Are you getting through it when we're in the thick of working on our resolutions? Whether that is weight loss or organizing your life or looking for a new job. This for me, January, has always been kind of a groundwork month. When I do the work, that will set the tone for the next six months. And I have done it. I have plowed myself into work. And come April, I have a vacation scheduled and I'm going to be so ready for a break. You know, you make plans, you do your research, you set your goals, you use this month to get your house in order so that you can enjoy the fruits of all of that labor in the spring and summer. So Summers is going to give us some great tips for living better. We're going to dig into her story of pivoting, being among the first to do this. She really was kind of one of the original pivoters, at least in Hollywood. And after um, what at a time was such a high-profile departure from her show, I mean, she thought she was ruined for a while after uh, that all exploded on her with Three's Company. It could have meant the end of her career. Instead, it was a launch pad for an empire. And I really try to push her on what exactly it is that made her so resilient in the face of just being shut out of television for a while after Three's Company. First, a word about my sponsor. MyCEcourse.com is a multimedia educational option for state compliance, professional growth, and engagement. The courses are deep dives into specialized subjects while meeting all curriculum and legal requirements. Our custom LMS platform allows certification with the nation's most respected HR, legal, and state insurance agencies. A team of attorneys, insurance professionals, and award-winning broadcast personalities. We continue to make education both informative and interesting with relatable, reliable, and targeted storytelling. We just finished an educational documentary on sex trafficking. It's been picked up by several trade groups, and our documentary on sexual harassment was just endorsed by the California Dental Board. They're using it to train all of their employees. So it's education that's relevant and compliant, mycecourse.com. All right. She was known to many of us first as Chrissy Snow. 
but Suzanne Summers took that breakout role and turned it into a business empire that has lasted decades with new products and then her recent turn toward organic skincare. Her latest book is called A New Way to Age. And as much as she is devoted to her education and health activism, Suzanne Summers has this optimistic approach to life. It has made her a favorite personality of many people, an actress, a singer, an author, an activist for her health, plus just super sexy, still in her 70s. Enjoy my conversation with Suzanne Summers. <laughs> How are you? I'm, I, I'm good. I have a fractured hip. Other than that, life is good. I heard about that. Yeah. Are you yeah. recovering now? Are you resting? What are you doing? It just takes a long time. Mm. It's, it's uh, the, the uh, orthopedic uh, surgeon guy said, if you had broken your hip, we'd replace it and you'd be up and about in about five days. But this is, um, this is long healing and you got to stay still. Hard for me. So I went to New York on my book tour anyway, and I... I wore high heels and a, and a crutch, and I shouldn't have, but, you know, I'm Suzanne Summers. Who am I without my heels? Right, right. You are <laughs> sexy, broken hip, whatever. Doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. Hey, I want to talk to you about, um, first of all, I want to talk to you about your book. So you have written so many different books um, on health. What what did you want to say in this one? What what more did you have to say in this one? And there's more to come. I've got five books in my head that I can't wait to get out. But um, it just dawned on me uh, last year that I'm loving aging. And everybody I know is hating it. And they're all complaining about their aches and their pains and their hair's not the same. And they're wrinkling and they're all getting, you know... Uh, injections and surgery and all this stuff and I'm thinking I'm not I'm really I'm really liking it so what am I doing that's different and I what I'm doing is what I've been writing about but that it the um the environment keeps uh, growing and changing you know when I first started writing these books actually I've been writing books for 40 years who could be old wow. enough to write books for 40 years <laughs> this is my 27th book when I've um first started writing i um i uh, just it, it, it was the human condition uh i was a child of an alcoholic and that pretty much started the children of alcoholics movement and that was so helpful to me but and i would give these lectures and you know a thousand people would come and and at, at one point i was giving a lecture tour across canada the first city we went to toronto we had 9,000 people, 9,000. Wow. And so I realized that people are starving for clarity. And what I realized with this book is uh, we've kind of hit a wall and that we're under the greatest environmental assault in the history of humanity. And I know, I know, I know that most everybody is most comfortable with allopathic medicine, meaning here's my problem, doctor. Okay, here's the drug for that problem. That's allopathic. And that's where everyone's comfortable, and that's where uh, we feel safest, and uh, nobody ridicules you for going that way. But if you're like me, and you'd like to try the non-drug route first, because you can always go back, um, but it's very hard to go drug route first and then crawl uphill to try to do natural. And I hear that from doctors all the time. Then this is the book for you. 
And um, wouldn't you would, I, I, wouldn't you love to be seventy three and have great hair? Nobody has great hair at seventy three. I do, and I it's because of the supplementation that I do. And I realized in writing this book that aging is about worn out parts. If you had a Maserati, you would never let that car, you know, fall apart. You would listen to the noises of the Maserati. You would fix the the different parts. You would you would take the tender care of it. And that's what we have to do with our bodies as we get older. Listen to the language of the body. And if you're you've got strange itches or you're sweating at night or you're not sleeping or you um have no libido or your hair is stringy. Um, or you're in a bad mood all the time, or you're getting your immune system is broken down, you're getting sick all the time. There's a way of replacing every one of those issues that I just mentioned through testing, lab testing. This is not haphazard. It's not arrogant. And I put all the tests in the back of the book um, with the um, Life Extension Scientific Advisory Board, and their prices are great, and they also have the doctors on the advisory board that will interpret for you. So it's like the most inexpensive way you can uh, dig into the science of your body and uh, what aging, what toll aging is taking on you. And, um, you know, it started with bioidentical hormones. Um, uh, I think... I don't know when I did the first, the first book I did on hormones was called the sexy years. Cause I have always wanted mm-hmm. to put a positive spin on everything. It's like at 73, it's a new way to age positive, not like, uh, you're falling apart and it's going to get worse. Who wants that book? <laughs> <laughs> no one wants that book. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but I found on the book tour, a, a real interest in, can I say hunger? a new way because the present paradigm of aging that we're looking at is decrepit frail and then one of the big three cancer alzheimer's uh, heart disease and then the, uh, 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 the eventual end in a nursing home and you have no idea how many people just expect that one day they'll end up in a nursing home not me I'm not ending up in a nursing home mm-hmm. i want to keep my brain working at optimum and you can and i want to keep my bones strong um to the very end, and you can. And so uh, when I was on the book tour in New York, I found people, nobody took me on this time. doesn't mean they won't, because I've been considered controversial. And really, you know, I say take vitamin C. That's as controversial as I get. Um, but I found that people really, really were interested, and is there a new way, and can I can I not take all these pills which are sucking the juice out of me? You know, you have been a health activist for decades and written all of these books. I want to talk to you about before that, before you um, even started the the thigh master. And when you were, when you first went into um, three's company and you became this nationally known actress and figure and, you know, hugely successful, um, I've heard uh, you and your husband tell the story about what happened with the contract negotiations and when you dared to ask for money, even approaching your male counterpart. Um, but talk to me about reinvention, because so many people face this not only one time in their career, but many times in their career. And to me, you were the original pivot expert 
the the reinventor. Talk to me about that time in your life and what you did to reinvent yourself. What gave you the fortitude, the inner fortitude to be able to do that? Um, I wish I could say I was so smart at the time to say, well, I'll just reinvent. I had a year of the, the the blues, I'll tell you, to go from the number one spot in the country at a time when it really mattered and um, to get knocked down like that and then not have one woman support me. And I understand, you know, they didn't want to jeopardize their jobs, but like where was now National Organization of Women and the women's groups, nobody stood up for me because the machinery at that time um, was something I couldn't fight. They threw all their money at PR and she's greedy and who does she think she is and it got the rest of the country thinking yeah we thought she was sweet and nice and Christy Snow and who does she think she is and it was a really tough thing to um, overcome and then I heard a voice one day (laughs) and the voice said why are you focused on what you don't have why don't you focus on what you do have now I'm talking to the voice I said well what do I have and the voice says, you have enormous visibility. Everybody in this country and, and in many parts of the world know your name. And that's so valuable. And as, I, as that dawned on me, I thought, yeah, yeah. And I said to Alan, I would really, really like to do a nightclub act in Las Vegas. So he went to Vegas and went to every hotel. And I was offered two weeks at every hotel because that's all they were offering television stars at the time. He went to the MGM Grand Hotel, and there was a guy, um, I forget his name, but he was the last of the mafia guys there. And Alan said he walked into the guy's office, and it was like this long office with no furniture, except at the very end was this guy sitting at his desk. And when Alan walked in, he didn't look up. He kept writing. And Alan gets to his desk, and the guy says, what do you want? And Alan said, I want a two-year deal for Suzanne Summers, and I don't care what the money is. And he looks up and he said, nobody gets a two-year deal. He said, why do you want that? He said, because I know Suzanne and she'll figure it out and she'll win. So he walked away that day with a two-year deal for me. And I opened in Las Vegas, having never done it before. (laughs) But I had, during the three company years, worked with all the greats, including Sinatra and Sammy Davis Jr. And um, I was the last one to work with John Wayne. I mean, I really had a lot of um, interaction and... uh, I went on stage, um, and they liked me. Mm. And I brought Chrissy Snow back to life on stage. In, not for the whole thing, just talking about her in the middle of the show and how she became. And suddenly, while I'm talking to them, the shoulders went up and the knees went in, and the hands got nervous. And I put my hair in two ponytails and ripped off the long gown skirt, and I was in shorts underneath Oh, my God, the audience just fell apart. They just loved her so much. So that's how I was able to um, turn that negative into a positive. And in 1987, I believe, I was named Las Vegas Female Entertainer of the Year, along with Frank Sinatra, who was Las Vegas Male Entertainer of the Year. Wow. But then you took that, and then you built a business empire. So talk to me about how you got interested in business. Was Thighmaster your very first product? Yeah, yeah. So here's how that happened. I bought a pair of shoes, Manolo Blahniks. They were $565, and they were nude. They had a pointy toe and toe cleavage and just the right arch and the right heel, and they're beautiful. And I'm in my dressing room, and I thought, oh, 
Alan's going to think I'm so stupid for spending almost $600 on a pair of perfectly plain shoes. But <laughs> what, what makes your legs look better than a perfect nude shoe that elongates your leg with a pointy toe? And so I'm in my underwear. And I walk out of my dressing room and I said to Alan, do you like my new shoes? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, great legs. And he's got that radio voice, you know. And I said, that's a commercial. And so um, we had already uh, uh, found the sign master, but we're figuring out how to sell it and how to market, market it. So if you recall that original commercial, it started on those shoes. So I was able to write those off. And, and then he, uh, the camera panned up my leg, and off camera was Alan Hamill saying, great legs. And uh, we uh, sold over 10 million of those <laughs> and still selling. And then we really understood branding. See, I tried to brand Chrissy Snow. I wanted – she should have had a clothing line. Oh, my God. I know. And Oh my God! And I, when I say I, it's it's Alan and I. We're we're a, a business team. We went to them and said she should have a Saturday morning animated cartoon show. She's she's a cartoon. No, then we, then we went to them again. She needs to be a movie star. The Adventures of Christy Snow. No, this is about show, not business. And I thought I don't think so. I don't think so. So I couldn't make any headway with the three company producers or ABC at that time for branding. No one had done it except Farrah did it a little bit with the poster. Mm-hmm. And, um, but we were thinking bigger than that. So once I was no longer part of that, and when Thymaster took off and when Chrissy Snow on stage in Las Vegas it created this swell of emotion, we realized we had something. And now I'm on the nightclub circuit. And what do you do during the day when you're on the road? You can watch rooms, you know, watch uh, soap operas and order room service, or you can start writing books. And um, I had already written my first book in 1973 called Touch Me. And um, that's kind of an interesting story. I I, uh, was in the commissary at NBC. I'd kind of bombarded my way into a interview i read about it when i was living in sausalito that they wanted a girl on the dom deluise show just a one a one-off mm-hmm. and i really it's not that i wanted the part i wanted to visit alan hamill who lived in los angeles i was so in love with him and um i i read about this two o'clock nbc burbank so i didn't know the the rules or the ropes or anything so i said to alan i've got an interview on tuesday at NBC Burbank for the Dom DeLuise show. Great, I'll pick you up at the airport. So I get to the NBC and I said, I'm, why are you here? I'm here for the Dom DeLuise show. Oh, go park over there. It was a lot more lax then. I go into the interview. I don't know what I'm doing. And the part called for a small town girl, doesn't know who she is and doesn't know what she looks like. And I was at least smart enough to know that's me. <laughs> and and all these girls are signing in, and the receptionist gives them the the script. So I'm called in now by Sam Denoff, who I eventually ended up working with. He's one of the great um, comedy writers. And I finished reading. Said very nice. And I thought, I know I'm a small town girl. I don't know who I am, but I don't know what I look like. She said, I'm going to give you a call back. And I said, Okay, great. So I go out to the receptionist, and I said, I have a call back. She said, oh, good for you. I said, what is that? <laughs> she said, we're going to call you back. Oh, when? Today? Yeah, today. Oh, well, 
where do I go? Now I'm her problem and she's irritated. And she said to me a sentence that changed my life. I don't know. Why don't you go wait in the commissary? So I go into the commissary at NBC. I'm sitting there all by myself. It's now three o'clock. And in walks Johnny Carson. And I look up and think, oh, my God, that's Johnny Carson. Oh, my God, that's Johnny Carson. (laughs) And then I said to myself, oh, my God, Johnny Carson's walking over to me. Oh, my God. He comes up to me and he says, hey, little lady, what are you doing here? And I said, I have a call back. (laughs) And um, he said, what? Uh, Dom Delaware? Oh, he's a good friend of mine. I hope you get it. So I didn't have an eight by ten even, but I had written this little book of poetry. And I only had one credit. And uh, I put it on the back flap. So I just hand it to him, like, you know, rushed. And he said, ah, thanks a lot. And I figured I'd never see him again or hear Mm -hmm. from him. That was Wednesday. Friday night of that week, I made my national television debut on The Tonight Show. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah. And and I didn't own a dress that would be, you know, to wear on The Tonight Show. So I wrote a bad check for $75. (laughs) Because I'm a child of an alcoholic. Fiddly D, I'll figure that one out later, which is a big, uh, children of alcoholics are unrealistic. And um, I'm standing behind that famous curtain in my bad check dress. And I hear, and I'm thinking, oh my God, they must love my poetry. But I hear Johnny Carson say, we've all been wondering who the mysterious blonde in the Thunderbird in American Graffiti was. Well, we found her. And I thought, you were? I hadn't even seen the movie. I couldn't afford to go. Uh, and when I walked out, the audience went, "Woo!" I didn't even understand it. You have to understand how naive I was at that time. And he just loved me because I was naive and small town. And actually, he came from Nebraska, and that appealed to him. Mm-hmm. So he started having me on every month, and I'd read him poetry. And I stopped writing bad checks. <laughs> but I wasn't, I wasn't making any money. I think whatever SAG scale was or after scale was at that time. And on American Graffiti, I just made a SAG scale, $136.72. You know, and, um, you keep yeah. saying you keep saying in these stories that you were naive and you didn't have knowledge and you didn't really know what you were going to do when you got up there. But but you did it. And that's why. What is it within you, child of uh, an alcoholic family from a small town? You are yeah. you are able to understand branding at a young age, understand the value of, of the work that you were doing. Um, marry a man who became not only your life partner, your but your business partner partner so what was it in you that allowed you to do that what characteristic i can only give you one example when i was a little girl and i'm talking five years old my mother used to get these envelopes in the mail from the mary Knoll priest and it was all about giving money uh, like you know five bucks kind of money and if you gave the five bucks you'd get these glow-in-the-dark rosary beads so Uh, The rosary beads come, and I take the rosary beads, and I go in the back of her closet, because it was really dark there, and I could see the rosary beads. I'm going to answer your question through this. And uh, at that time, uh, the nuns, I was ensconced in Catholic school and Catholic everything. All they ever said was, got to fight communism, got to fight communism. I didn't know what a communist was. But in in the back of the closet, in the dark, with my glow in the bead, in the dark rosary beads, I see in my mind's eye 
I go to the top of the hill where all the communists were. And I walk up the hill and I get there and I say, why do you want to fight? And the communist said to me, you know, you're right. And I came down the hill and I had solved world peace. So maybe, (laughs) (laughs) maybe, maybe I thought big and didn't realize I was thinking big. Because my other fantasy always was one day I'm going to be on a big stage and my mother would had such a terrible life with my father. He was so violent. That's why I was so involved in children of alcoholics. Um, I, I, want, I wanted her to be in the front row, to finally be happy and proud and not be so embarrassed of who we were in our town. Everybody knew about the awful goings-on in our house. And it was redemption for her. And I remember the night I walked out on the MGM Grand Stage in Vegas, and guess who was in the front row? There was my mother. So maybe our childhood fantasies are more potent than we think. Maybe maybe our thoughts as children, if we, um, I, I mean, I, don't, I was going to say if we don't take ourselves too seriously, but did I or did I not? I don't know. I saw big, but I didn't believe that I could be capable of it. So when I got, when I got um, fired from Three's Company for asking to be commensurate with the men and be paid commensurate with the men. And I was um, beating myself up. Why did I, duh, why wasn't I happy here? I had the most plumb job in America and why and why. Um, I now look back and realize it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. That firing created such a controversial storm around me that to this day, uh, people react to me as, you know, I was in Israel a month ago and everywhere I went, including Prime Minister Netanyahu, says to me, I'm in a private meeting with him. There, yeah, and I'm in a private meeting with Netanyahu. That's kind of mm. big deal. <laughs> and he says, I know all about the books, he said, but I've been watching you for 20 years. I said, really? He said, for the longest time, we only had one television uh, station here in Israel, and we only had one sitcom. So the power of of uh, that show but when i say perfection if i had stayed on that show i would have gone to another sitcom it probably would have been successful and probably another one i probably one of those but i was forced to reinvent and that voice i heard forced me to recognize the power of of um of fame in a good way not a, you know, aren't I fabulous kind of way, in a good way of how you could use it. And then with the whole children of alcoholics thing, uh, for the better good. And um, I guess that's how, you know, it's it's not a definitive answer, but I see everything, uh, every, every single negative in my life has, has led to a positive, including cancer. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then writing these books by day when I'm on the road, uh, and having, I guess, out of the 27, I expect this to be the 15th, but so far, 14 New York Times bestsellers, which is maybe that's what I was supposed to do. But I needed the fame from Three's Company to have a loud enough voice for people to care enough to want to pick up a book going, do I want to read what she has to say? And at this point, when I was on the tour in New York, when nobody took me on as, you know, radical and wacky and crazy and health nut and your hack doctors and all that, there was a, there's a, maybe you need to write 27 books to finally get the respect that you wanted all your life. But 
it feels good at this point. Well, and yeah, I, you have it. <laughs> Absolutely. So I cannot let you go. I have to. I have to talk to you about sex. Got to talk oh, to you about that. So yeah, t- I'm not having sex with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to talk to, but as sex for women as they age. I mean, you obviously have a, a partner that you're you with has been turning you on for decades. But as we Sorry, age yeah. as women, um, how are we? How how do we adjust to our sexual lives as women? How can we give me some tips from? Suzanne Summers, on how to stay sexy at any age. Well, I actually go into this in depth in this book, A New Way to Age. Aging is about deficiencies. So when, you, when, when your libido wanes, is that an earthquake? Oh, I think we just had a little earthquake. California. Oh, wow. um, uh, when, uh, when you lose your sex hormones, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA, those are the main ones. We women can't feel sex. It's not that we don't want it. We'd love to want it. We can't feel it. And when you can't feel it, it then becomes a chore rather than this beautiful thing. When you do the lab work and you get your deficiencies, yours exactly, not mine, not hers, not hers. It's individualized. You put back exactly what you're missing, like filling the tank, until you get the sweet spot. So when I first started replacing hormones, and I had totally lost my, my libido, totally. And I was in a bad mood, and I couldn't sleep, and I sweat all night. And I remember going to the doctor going, I don't even know if life is worth living, and I am as upbeat a person as you'll ever meet. That's what no uh, uh, hormonal imbalance does, or ke- any kind of chemical imbalance. So one of the things I've enjoyed so much in lecturing to women is to let them know it ain't over, and that... Through simple lab testing, which is in the back of this book, you can um, discover your de- deficiencies, and then I tell you the right kind of doctors to go to. They're MDs. They, these are not, you know, crazy, wacky. These are MDs who've stepped out of the standard of care box. Now, the thing is, like when my doctor, I finally found this. It took. I went from doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor, and I was offered drugs at every, every single doctor, uh, diuretics, because I was gaining weight. Um, uh, uh, Valium or, you know, tranquilizers because I had a lot of anxiety. Sleeping pills because I couldn't sleep. And I didn't want any of that. I I hadn't started my non-drug life yet, but I wasn't taking drugs and I didn't want them. uh, So I heard about this endocrinologist in Santa Barbara, Dr. Diana Schwarzbein. She's the first doctor I found who was doing this. and I made an appointment. She said, have your blood work done before you get here. So I had my blood work done. I get up there. She's, I'm sitting in front of her, and she goes, oh, you poor thing. I said, what? She said, you have virtually no progesterone. That's your feel-good hormone. She said, and your estrogen levels are so low. She said, I bet you, don't, you can't even feel sex. I said, yes, I can't. I can't. I said, I, I feel awful all the time, and that's not who I am. And she said, all right, what we're going to do is I'm going to start you on low dosing. I said, why don't you give me everything I need? She said, I can't because it's taken a long time for you to drain out. I have to put them back slowly. She said, but you'll feel better right away. But for me, what it because I was so depleted that uh, it took me almost a year uh, to find my sweet spot. But from two weeks, two weeks to two weeks, it was better and better and better and better and more upbeat and 
sleeping and not sweating. And a year into it, I was in the mood, like all the time. And it was like back when you're a teenager. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, women need to know about this because the doctors don't. They don't. Uh, not unless you've stepped out and you know uh, gone for further education. And um, I understand it with doctors after you've gone through all that school. Do you really want to go back to school? But the ones who do um, are the ones you want to go to, and it's a beautiful thing to get your life back. And so when you get your sex hormones put back, then you get your major hormones put back, thyroid, adrenal, cortisol, um, uh, insulin. So when you're minor, this is a little technical, but imagine a teeter-totter and when it's in level. And make one side of that teeter-totter your minor hormones, which is estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA. On the other side are your major hormones, thyroid, uh, insulin, adrenal, cortisol. When your minors dip or decline, it pushes your major hormones, insulin, cortisol, thyroid, and um, adrenals, up. So now you can't sleep. If your cortisol is high, you can't sleep. That's your stress hormone. If your thyroid is off, you, you have, your quality of life is diminished greatly. If your adrenals are off, you're, you've got anxiety. If your insulin uh, doesn't go down at night, that's when you start gaining weight. And you go, why am I gaining weight? I haven't eaten a thing. And um, by balancing the hormones back, you get to have your body operate as it did when you were young, when you never even thought about uh, weight gain, things like that, except for today. Right. With, the chemical, with the chemical onslaught today, all this stuff is happening to younger and younger people, uh, boys and girls. And men drain out in their hormones. I've had Alan on hormones for 20-something years. So he's in the mood, too. And he's able to respond. He likes to work out with weights. Alan's 83. He looks like he's 60. His body is beautiful. He's, his skin is smooth. He's got... Is the you know his upper body's buff, and it's because if if guy doesn't have testosterone, he can work out all day, and his his muscles will just diminish more and more and more. So this is the secret to uh, light extension, which we now have uh, light extension. Like it or not, you're going to have to live to be ninety now or older, and. Um, uh, why not have quality in these extra years we now get to have? Absolutely. And Absolutely. In today's paradigm, no quality of life, a bunch of drugs, and it's a Band-Aid, but it doesn't cure anything, and then you lose yourself. You so lose important. who you are. For men yeah. and women, so important. Last yeah. question I have for you, um, and thank you for spending all this time with me. I want to ask, and I ask this to all my guests, what do you do to replenish your creativity? Do you have a, a certain exercise you do, a certain method, a certain ritual to replenish yourself when you need to create? I have a meditation I do every single morning of my life, and I've been doing it for 15 years. So what you and I are are approximately 40 trillion cells, and all cells communicate with one another. You have to. That's our communication system, and that's how our hormones um, all communicate with one another because they're a part of every cell. Every morning, I, in my mind's eye, I wake up, I take just one cell, 
And I tell that cell, I love my life. I love my husband. I love my family. I love the food I get to eat. I love my work. I love that I live in America. Anything else I can think of, you know, that's gratitude. And then I release it knowing it has to go tell all the other 40 trillion cells. So now there's this little guy out there going, okay, well, we love our husband. We love our life. We love that we live in America. We love the food. We love our work. <laughs> now, conversely, what if I woke up every morning going, oh, I can't stand him, and I hate my life, and I hate the food, I hate my work, I hate this country. That little guy's got to go tell all the other selves. And I now realize that we are absolutely in control of our happiness or unhappiness. So I have programmed myself for happiness. And when you're happy, you are creative. And it comes out um, in a... In a Cooking, I love cooking. Um, you know, how about pork chili verde and steam and do that sauce all day long and the layers and complexity of that, or um, roast duck or uh, or a deglazed um, balsamic sauce over just a, a, a chicken burger kind of thing. That's creative. I grow my own food. It's organic. That's creative. I love being out there. I have. Um, and I know this is a fortunate thing, but I live on a pretty large piece of property that we bought during the Three's Company years. And I, my one luxury, my big luxury is not jewelry. I have a stonemason, and he builds trails on our property. And I walk the trails. Um, I love the, the quote by Frank Lloyd Wright. And I, I'm paraphrasing, but I think I've got it almost. Nature is the only face of God we will ever see. And when I walk on these trails, it's so true to me. I get inspired and uplifted. So that's 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 where my creativity comes from. I it, whether it's maybe putting together like right now, I can't go out, and I do two Facebook live shows a week. I do one from the bar because I find women don't like to drink alone, but if they can come to the bar <laughs> with me, you know. <laughs> Big Al's bar. <laughs> you should see the show we did. I think it was Christmas. I was still in bed. I either do my shows from bed or our bar. And at Christmas, I think it was from the bed because I can't get out of bed. Mm-hmm. And I, I wore my pink um, uh, silk robe. And I had Alan put on his tuxedo jacket like James Bond with the shirt open and the tie hanging. And who's going to know he's in his camouflage underpants under the <laughs> <laughs> blanket. <laughs> and we had um, tequila and a, a beautiful silver ice bucket and filled with ice. And we had caviar for Christmas. That was our Christmas show. Well, the people loved it. It was like they were being invited to a party at our house. And that's what these Facebook Live shows are. And it allows me to not travel the way I used to travel. So we're, we do two a week, and now we're going to uh, start on three. I guess you go to face, Suzanne Summers Facebook Live. I'm of a generation. I don't know. Yes, you know, absolutely. And yes, I follow you on yes, Instagram, yes. too. I know you're active on yeah. Instagram, and your yeah. website has so many different episodes of health-related information. Yes, and the organic skincare line, which I really believe that uh, good health today starts with something as simple as healthcare. Because if you look at your hand under a microscope, what we know as pores look like big holes under a microscope. Now imagine putting chemical cream over those big holes. It's got to go somewhere. So it's going to drop into your bloodstream. And so with mine, it's all 100% organic, certified toxic-free. I've earned that. It has to be grown organically, extracted organically, and nothing upwind or downwind of the product can be toxic to contaminate. Hard to 
um, uh, adhere to those strict guidelines, but we do it, and the product's so great. So I'm in a new business now, and cancer is the reason I'm in that new business. So another negative that turned into a positive, and um, I would never have thought about chemicals and skincare and organic makeup and cleaning my house with non-toxic cleaners. My, my non-toxic cleaner is made from colloidal silver. It's so safe you could drink it. I don't recommend you do. It doesn't taste very good, but you could. It's nothing harmful. So every negative, we each have the power within us to turn every negative into a positive. And, um, and we each have the power within us to, to um, create our own happiness or unhappiness. It's all about the choices we make every day. And um, everyone it can, no matter what, can turn their life into a life that is of their making that they want. That is a fantastic message to finish on. Thank you so much, yeah. Suzanne, for spending so much time with me. A New Way to Age. I'm looking forward to reading that book. And, and I know you're, you've got, you said you've got five more in your head. You're ready to write. <laughs> yeah. Have me on again. Hey, I appreciate your interest in what I'm doing. I thank you very much. Thank you, too. Have a wonderful day and happy healing with the hip. Yes, thanks. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Suzanne Summers. Thanks again for being here. Don't forget your mandatory training needs. Check out mycecourse.com. Tell your HR rep about it. It's already the training company of preference for many government agencies and companies. And don't miss the KFBK Morning News, Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. Sam, Shane, and me were just two journalists with about six decades of news experience between us talking about the news every morning with you. It's a very different morning news program. Perspective, depth, analysis, and fun. If you're in Sacramento, we're at 93.1 FM or 1530 AM, or you can find us anywhere in the world on the iHeartRadio app under KFBK. Thanks so much again for being here. I'm Christina Mendonca. This has been a fresh agenda. Let's stay connected. Conversations to connect your productivity and creativity. This is a fresh agenda.